Hello and welcome back to Seven Vineyards special series of podcasts on what the gospel means to me. My name is Bern Leckie and I'm joined today by Joanna Moss. Hi Bern. We've been doing a series on what the gospel means to different people. So first of all, Joanna, can I ask you about you? Who are you? What do you do? Uh, what would you say to people who've just met you? That feels like a very big question. Um, I would say I'm Joanna. I'd say I've been living in Bristol almost six years, which feels like a really long time. Um, I moved here for a PhD, but now I stay on as a researcher in Bristol University and I work on fish, which seems to be the main thing that people remember about me. Um, I really like baking and cooking and food in general, uh, play games, uh, being family and friends. Yes. Now, working on fish does stand out, I'd say, in that list, especially as I know what, what you mean is not in the baking and cooking sense, or at least not no, exclusively. No, they, people have asked me if I can take them home to eat, but they're very small, so I don't think it'd be worth it. So you work as a scientist? Yes. Right. And now, and now this is really interesting because a lot of people uh, who would listen to a podcast about people chatting about God... Uh, wouldn't necessarily expect that they would be people who are also very interested in science. How do those things go together for you? Yeah, I get that question a bit, actually. Um, for me, there is no conflict. Like to me, the, the more I study the body, whether that's in an animal like a fish or in the human body, uh, the more I see God in that and I see his wonderful creation. And I, you know, the human body and nature and what we see around us is just so beautifully intricate and complex but kind of also simple as well that I just, I, every time I look at it, I just marvel at it. Like when I see a, a heart beating in our fish or I see the blood going through its body or I see its brain develop, I just think, oh my gosh, isn't that amazing? Don't we have an amazing creator? So for me, that there isn't any conflict for me. The more I study science, the more I, I fall in love with God and with what he's made. Amazing. And I really noticed from your talk on Sunday that you came at the topic of what the gospel means to you in quite a quite a methodical quite a logical way you had a you had a distinct approach that, I, that that felt like this is how someone would analyze and present this i mean maybe i have been accused of that before um you know something happens in a conversation and my answer is okay well how do we test this let's have a control group and an experimental group um i think for me a big thing is if i am speaking is to make things as clear as possible and to really signpost well so that people know where I'm going and that kind of sign from a level that hopefully you can kind of access it from the top and then as we go deeper that people can follow. Wow, that's really good. Um, now, there are various angles, various points of view on Jesus that are shared in the Bible and you picked uh, Luke the Doctor as uh, as your source of, of where do you start then with saying what the, what the gospel is. Tell me about the passage that you picked that sums it up. Oh, so I picked from Luke 4, and it is one of my favorite passages in the Gospels, because for me, it sums up what, what Jesus came to do. It's only a few verses long. He only says, you know, he only picks out a few things in there. But for me, it really encapsulates what he came to do so well. And the fact that it was from the Old Testament, it was a prophecy about Jesus, I think is even more beautiful. So it's those three verses where he says that he's been filled with the Spirit and that he's come to proclaim good news. And that good news is freedom freedom for the captives, um, healing for the brokenhearted um, and the blind, um, and the year of the Lord's favour. It's something that would have been applicable then to people in Isaiah's time, which was 700 years before Jesus. It would have been applicable to you know people in Jesus' time hearing it and applicable to us now. It is, yeah. It sounds quite extreme, I think, when you look at it literally. It's free, freedom for prisoners, sight for the blind, 
and set the oppressed free. Where are you feeling that you fit into one of those categories then? Oh, that is a great question. I think maybe it's the setting the prisoners free, so the idea of being captive to something um, and kind of wanting to break free. So if it's like a bad habit, I think for me, that's where I see it, where I'm trying to I'm trying to live like Jesus and give over those things to him. But, you know, all of us in have that battle and, and fail at it at times, actually every single day. In fact, probably every hour. But um, so for me, I think it's that trying to not be captive to, th- to, to things, um, trying not to let things have control over me um, and stop me from kind of being with God, spending time with him. So I love the idea then. You've, you, you've thought it through. From your point of view, there is, it's relevant and it's a good idea. What have you seen then about how it gets put into practice? How, how do you know that it works? I guess I've seen when Jesus gave me freedom from things that I am captive to. So I think I shared one of the stories um, in my talk was about approval and needing approval from um, people at work. And for me, a big in my first job, a big thing was um, learning that I put a lot of my self-worth and value in academic achievement and doing well and people kind of recognizing that and saying it over me. Um, you know, I really enjoyed school. Um, I'm really going to sound like a nerd here, but yeah, I really enjoyed school, really got on well, really enjoyed university and then went to my first job. And, you know, it was, yeah, it was jumping in the deep end in that kind of sense and a massive learning curve. Uh, and so, yeah, a big thing that God showed me was that my worth and value isn't in what I do academically or through my work. It's it's in who being a child of God and in who God says I am. And for me, that was a big that was a massive learning curve as well and was something that I had to kind of break free from. And it, it almost like I had to become broken for me to kind of walk away from it. If, I'm not sure how much that makes sense, but for me, it kind of felt like in that year when I was working, that I was kind of broken into little pieces and in a way that's not necessarily what God wanted, but he used that situation so that I could kind of like pick out the pieces that I wanted to keep and walk on from it. Um, yeah. I'm now in a place where my worth isn't determined by how well I do at work. Like I, I still struggle with it a little bit, but I'm able to kind of leave it at the door and walk away from it and not go. I can go like, that was a really rubbish day. I wish it had gone better. I want to do better and I want to be better, but I'm still worthy of love. I'm still worthy of connection. I'm still worthy of, of existing because for me, that's the level it got to when I failed at work. It was the voice would say in my head, like, you know, you're, you're worthless, you're a failure. People would rather you weren't here. Um, and that's, that's really awful. And so, yeah, going through that and God using that situation. And he was the one that kind of pulled me out of that and was, it was through him and my family. I was able to actually know that's, that's not true. And I, yeah, I, I have intrinsic value and always will just because of being a child of God, not because of anything I can do or not do. Amazing. Now I can appreciate this is a big, very meaningful experience. Would you say quite an emotional one as well? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. If you don't mind, I'd love to ask a bit more to find out how it looked for you like it was God at work here. Cause I noticed what you said was that there was a voice in your head that, that sold you one thing that you didn't want to believe, but then God told you something else. How did that, how did God become apparent in that? Was it uh, through other people or through time or a voice that you learned to recognize or uh, how did it seem to you? I think for me, it was, I 
got to a point, I think, with work where I it felt like I tried everything. You know, kind of King Midas, the story is that he gets this gift and he can turn everything to gold. For me, it felt like that, but the exact opposite. It was like everything I touched turned to rubbish. <laughs> um, so it felt like the harder I tried, the worse things got, which is an awful feeling because I'm so used to if I work harder, it will get better. If I work harder, I will get better results. That's what my school life had been like. Um, so the harder I worked, the worse it got, the worse my relationship with my supervisor got. And it just felt like I was so, trying so hard, working so hard, like unhealthily hard, and things were almost getting worse. And there's maybe like a lesson in that as well. Um, in terms of working hard doesn't always equal good results. Um, but so for me, I kind of got to a point where I was like, I'm like done. Like I've used all of my strength. I've tried everything that I know how to do. And I remember sitting on the stairwell in our building at work crying and I was just said to God like I can't do this anymore like I give this to you because I can't handle this anymore like I'm done and I guess the feeling I felt in those months was, was being in a very deep hole like just being kind of emotionally and mentally in a very deep hole that I couldn't get myself out of and that there was no one else to help me so I was like I'm done like I'm just gonna you know I loved my work still so I still turned up at work but I just said I'm done I can't try anymore um and it was only kind of only then when I gave it to God and kind of stopped trying in my own strength that things got better. And it wasn't like I turned up the next day and um, magically everything started working or that my relationship with my boss was, you know, 100% better. It was really gradual over weeks, but it's like things started improving. And um, I think for me, it was like that, you know, that relief of when you give up something. And it's like, okay, I'm not carrying that anymore. Like I've given it to someone else. And it was amazing because at the end of my placement, my boss, he said to me, he was like, you know, you've been through so much and I've seen far more senior people and more experienced people go through less and crumble, but you didn't. And it's like, you have this, he was like, it's like, you have this like inner strength or something. Like, he's like, what is it? And I was like, I was so shocked at that moment because I didn't think anyone had noticed. And I was, I was so shocked. I just went, it's God he wasn't a Christian. So I was just like, it's God. And he was like, Oh, okay. And then from that, I was able to tell him my testimony. Cause he was like, Oh, you believe in God. And so I was able to kind of yeah, share my testimony, how I became a Christian, why I believe, um, which was really cool. Um, and in, in that moment, I was like, the fact that you're seeing something and I haven't spoken to you about this, I haven't spoken to anyone about this. The fact that you've seen the change in me in the last few weeks, like for me really signaled that there's something else going on here. Cause it was nothing that I was doing. Mm. I, I actually given up. I wasn't even doing anything, but it, so that's why I'm like, okay, God's at work here. Mm. Can you tell me more about maybe any support that you had around you at that time? Maybe encouragement that you needed to, to spot that it was God. I mean, I had a, I had a really good church, really supportive. Um, had you shared this with them at the time or were you, were you not feeling ready to do that? No, I hadn't. Um, I think the only one thing that springs to mind is um, my brother and sister-in-law visited me. Mm -hmm. um, they came over from the UK to visit me. I was working in America. And I think when they'd left, they'd realized that I was really struggling, even though I hadn't really said anything. Um, and so my brother sent me pictures from the time that they'd been with us. But at the back, he sent these like were photos of words. So as in like he'd printed them, but they're printed as photos. And the idea was if you stitch them together, they made a sentence, which is really cute. Um, and the last picture, it had quite a few words on it. It said, um, just remember that you are so loved. 
And that was the thing that, one of the things that got me because that was like my eureka moment of being like, I'm not in a good place and actually I am worthy of love because him sending that was, because initially I read it and was like, internally that voice said, no, you're not, that's not true. And then on my other side of it, I was like, of course that's true. Like, what's wrong with you? Um, and that's was like, okay, actually, you know, something else is going on here. No, but that's that's really interesting because I'm I'm noticing from your story that not only, but people might relate to it through being in the dark hole and wanting to turn around, but people might also relate to it if they just get that sense of I want to encourage someone. You know, there's someone I know that I, that I feel I ought to just give a bit of encouragement to, without knowing necessarily what they're going through. And it, and it, and someone might be listening to this and go go, huh? Maybe well, I'm not feeling a hole, but 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 I'm certainly thinking when I'm praying. Ah, oh, maybe I should encourage someone. <laughs> um, and and it's interesting to hear from your point of view what a difference that made, even though you hadn't shared much about your situation. Yeah, hundred percent. They didn't. I think they kind of guessed I was struggling a bit, but not to the extent that I was. And see, like having that arrive in my post box was yeah such a blessing and they never knew until i came back and i did a talk actually at my home church and i said that that was one of the things that my sister-in-law was just there like you know crying her eyes up she's like oh my gosh you know she was like i would have done more and i was like no what you did was exactly what i needed brilliant you very helpfully gave us a process at the end of your talk for for thinking and praying about i was wondering if there was anything someone listening to this could pray about for you oh wow um that's a big question well first i say if you're praying for me that's great thank you uh prayer for the first thing that springs to mind i guess is just wisdom with future plans and knowing where to go next i think i shared you know my job currently is more temporary so i finish up in december and i also spoke about you know applying for other jobs in different cities and i think currently my plan is to stay in bristol but i'm trying to be open to what god wants to do because the last time i went my own way or like thought this was the plan. God was very clear. Um, and it was very different. Um, which I see now, yeah, was the be better decision. But um, yeah, so I guess wisdom to make in decisions coming up and keeping God first, I guess. Yeah, that kind of battle and challenge, being faithful in that. Fantastic. Thank you for joining us here. And, uh, and thank you for listening as well. We'll see you again soon.